If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a business transformation strategist. Laura Rubinstein is an award-winning social media strategist. She's also a marketing consultant, certified hypnotherapist, and best-selling author. She is the creator of the Savvy Social Media Success System and co-founder of the Social Buzz Club, a content amplification network. During the past 20-plus years, Laura has optimized marketing strategies for over a 1,000 businesses. She's the author of the best-selling book, Social Media Myths Busted, The Small Business Guide to Online Revenue. Her writings are featured in a variety of publications, including Women Living Consciously, GenConnect.com, Your Tango, and her popular TransformToday.com blog. Laura, what an honor it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here, Susan. Laura, I know that social media is near and dear to your heart, and it's something that many of our listeners are very confused about, you know, the marketplace and what they should do and where they should go. Enlighten us, oh dear one. <laughs> um, where they should start on what to do. Uh, there's so much. It's not a, oh, my book is coming out tomorrow. I better go to social media. At least I hope it's not. You can do things if it's the last minute. It's best approached with a strategy and a content marketing plan. So what I mean by content marketing is, and this is the brilliant thing about books, you have a lot of content, right? You have a lot of information in your book that you could actually put out, not all of it, and potentially all of it, doesn't really matter, but you could go to social media with some really awesome quotes from your book and share it out. But better than that, it would be other people sharing it out too with you. And even better than that, talk about the personal experience of writing this book, of what it means to have this book out there. What are you passionate about making? And hopefully you've established yourself as a thought leader in the field you're writing this book in. And if this book is being used to start that process, great then let's simultaneously bring it out on social media. It's not a one-size-fits-all, though. It's really, and I know you believe in niche marketing, you have to know what your market is craving. And when you know what they're craving and your book solves that craving, you can speak directly to that. And social media is a two-way, it's a conversation. So yes, you can put out lots of content, but ideally you're listening and you're responding to what people are saying In other arenas, not just on your personal profiles, but if you're out there in groups or you're out there in whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or on other people's pages, you're commenting with your wisdom, not as an opportunist, 
but rather as a contributor of value. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's really hard, even though we understand that, as you say it, you know, as a contributor, but it's that conversation. We put something out there, but not necessarily listen to what people say. So you said several things here. One of them is start becoming a thought leader in your industry, your field of expertise. Talk to us more about that process of potentially being seen as a thought leader. This is my favorite thing to help people do because it's... It's so easy to do with social media. To become seen as a leading authority or a thought leader in your industry, you need to showcase your expertise. And that's really what social media allows us to do, whether any of the sites. So let's start with LinkedIn, for example. You could write an article on LinkedIn because it has a publishing article area. Every single person has access to this where you could put a headline there that says something about what you're an expert in. And more importantly, not about what you're an expert in, but what your expertise helps solve, a problem that people are facing that they could solve. So if you have chemistry teachings for students, and so your market is teachers, so it's additional supplement, you could say, how to get students interested in chemistry could be the title of an article. And you list five to 10 ways to do that, or even three, the top three ways, or the biggest mistake teachers make in teaching chemistry. So the list of content is endless, even in that odd niche, right? (laughs) The chemistry content, you know, academic providing content. You're going to have a unique solution to their problems. So if you talk about their problems and solutions, not just yours, but in general, like you understand what teachers face. You understand the kids are not interested. You understand there's ADD and electronic devices and blah, blah, blah. I'm making up a lot of stuff here. But you can see that you position the problem from a very knowledgeable standpoint, and then you offer ideas. Two of the three could be not related to anything you're selling or writing about. It could be really just wisdom that you've gained over the years. And maybe you put some of that into your books. You're just sharing little chunks and maybe not as in-depth. But when you put this article out there, then you have content. You can create images with quotes from that. You can create video from it. You can make a video of the same content, how to help teachers get students interested in chemistry, a video that you can put where you can put it on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. When people think video for the longest time, they just thought YouTube. Video is happening on all these sites. Facebook is almost very steep petition with YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn also have native, meaning uploading directly the video file, or going live on a live stream, live video on those networks as well. I love the ability to do that because then people can see you and hear your thought leadership. So you can take that one piece of content and multi-purpose it. You can create an infographic out of it. And you do one of those a month maybe. So at least you're not just having the same thing over and over again, but you come up with something and then you need to get it out there, not only on your networks, but hopefully people are sharing it if it's good content. And that's the thing with content is you have to see what resonates. So be in those groups again to see what people are talking about and what they're sharing out and do something similar that resonates with your brand and your expertise. I know you love infographics. I've seen many of them 
on your site. And in fact, I know on your site, you give some different recommendations of different places where you can get infographics done. So mm-hmm. uh, can you share a few of those? Do you remember them offhand? First of all, you can do them yourself is what I have on my site. And what I love is, you know, those sites like even a Canva, C-A-N-V-A, like Canvas without the S, has the ability to create graphics and you can make them into infographics. I think I used Pictogram or something like that was another one I recommended. And I tried them all on, (laughs) yeah, so if you go to Transform Today, you'll see them, transformtoday.com. There's so many out there. You can even Google how to make an infographic from scratch. I have made infographics from PowerPoint. Uh, I think one was called PictoChart, Canva. There's another one called visme.co and Stencil was another one. So those are four different infographics. If you want the links to them, they're all on my blog there. And there's more. There's even more that have come out. So if you Google, there'll be a lot more. You talked about having a plan. What would a plan look like? You said, you know, you've given us wonderful ideas about taking this content and and using it in all these different arenas, video, tweeting, Facebook, Let's get down to the basics of actually putting a plan together so you can use it as a roadmap. How would you recommend our listeners do that? Keeping it really simple. It's the what and where you're going to put that and when. What, where, when. The what is where you want to put a lot of thought into. What is this content and what are the forms of the content? So like I said, you have blog posts and what are you going to repurpose from that blog post? Then where are you going to put each of those? Like I said, you could start on LinkedIn if you don't have a blog. If you have a blog, I'm going to recommend you start on your blog. Then you go to LinkedIn and then you also share those to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, what have you. So that's the where and then the when are you going to share it. So you could rotate these things in and you can share the infographic at a different time you share the article on LinkedIn. If you have three columns and you do the what, the where and the when, that's an easy plan and do this in advance. You know, map it out for six months to a year, taking into account the holidays or times of the year, tax time, you know, or getting rid of stress. If you're somebody in the health and wellness field, if you're in education or parenting, you're going to take note of back to school time, make some articles relevant because you never know when you're going to get picked up also by a media person. Because if you're writing about what's present day situations that give people tools, a lot of radio stations, news outlets, magazines need extra content or need sound bites from people, experts who can inform in that area of stress reduction, of parenting, of back to school, of disaster recovery, things like that when the news happens or when the time of year happens creating the news. You're right. And the opportunity to be picked up by a network, because I'm sure they're trolling these posts looking for people who are experts in certain areas. If they're not trolling, you troll them. You, in a nice way and not a really forceful way, but you can retweet their content. You can comment on their content. Like, yes, stress is really high when there's a, you know, a shooting that goes on. I encourage people to take a deep breath, you know, or whatever your piece of wisdom, don't be opportunistic. Check out my book on this. I wouldn't say that (laughs) because they'll see that. They'll see it in your bio. Make sure, oh, that's the other thing. To position yourself as a thought leader, you have to have the right foundation. 
And the foundation in simple terms is two-pronged, a really awesome website and your social media profiles optimized. Getting into each of those topics is really in-depth. I wish I had lots of time. In short, on your website, you want to make sure people know what to do and what you want them to do. They're landing there, not, not bouncing off. You're compelling them to take an action that you want. On your social media profiles, you have a clear description and you always link back to your website to that clear action of what you want them to do. You mentioned earlier about cravings mm -hmm. and people craving information on certain topics. How would you find out what people are craving? Listening. I have a great quote that I say, and people feel free to retweet this if you'd like. They can't hear you if you're not listening. What I mean by that is if you are writing a book, you're an expert, okay? I consider you knowledgeable in something that you have to get out there. You have solutions, but have you worded them in ways that they can hear you? So what that means is when you're working with clients, when you're in engaging with your target market, what are their words? What are their feelings? Take time to just sit back and journal about the problems they have. What is a day in the life of your ideal client like? They wake up. How do they feel? Are they motivated or not? Are they ADD or not? Are they this, that, and the other thing? What are they dealing with? And any of those things that they're dealing with that you can offer a remedy for, a piece of wisdom for, something that would make their life better in some way or fun or whatever your goal is to help them, that's what you speak to. So for example, if you have a way to help people get better sleep, you know how you wake up in the morning feeling all groggy and you wish you had a, gotten a better night's sleep and throughout the day you're foggy and you know if you only got better sleep, it would be so much better. Well, check out my three steps to better sleep course, you know, that kind of thing. It's like they don't necessarily know they want better sleep. They know they want to feel better during the day. Well, have you considered this could be your, your sleep? So they might know the source of the problem or they might not know. You as the expert know it, but you can't talk to them unless they know it. With that, you can talk to them, but you have to talk to them with what they know, what their pain is, what they're struggling for, what are they craving, that they're not speaking, but you can sense it. You get it. You know that's why you're doing it. You have to speak that out there. Because if you say, great, fine, here's my perfect sleep solution, they think their sleep is fine. They just wish they had more energy. Then you have to say, would you like more energy in your life? Are you finding it hard to concentrate during the day? Would you like more present for your kids and have a positive attitude and raise them with a positive attitude so they can be the best they can be? You see, now we're talking about big issues that they really care about. Now you've got their attention because it's relevant to them. And then they make the time for your product or your service or your tool or spend the money on it. What if we don't have any, a database, let's say, or we don't have our tribe, but we want to start building our tribe? How would you recommend authors, listeners go about that? Definitely start following people who do. Go out and find 50 influencers who are already influencing your market and connect with them, first of all, and elevate them. What do I mean by that? I mean, like their posts, retweet, reshare. You'll get noticed by not only them, but their followers. And also have that awesome content marketing plan because now you're elevating others and they see you have great content. 
there's a law of reciprocity that will kick in. People will either start to follow you, start to share your stuff, become known as someone who should be known. (laughs) Okay, because you're associating with other influencers, number one. It's great if you can have a tribe, join a tribe. That's why I developed the Social Buzz Club. It's a content amplification network. It's where we want to amplify other people's great content. That's why I'm a huge advocate of content marketing because I have this system available and there are others out there, but I like mine. People's content is so good because they want other people to share it. (laughs) Nobody's going to share bad content. If you have good blog posts and good LinkedIn articles and good videos that you want other people to share, the Social Buzz Club will help you build that tribe because other people are going to start sharing it to their tribes. And that just mushrooms out. So find a way to get other people to share your stuff or join the Social Buzz Club because that is giving you the credibility and the visibility that your content really deserves. So is there a fee to join the club? Yes, there's a monthly or an annual. Currently, it's only $29.99 a month or $2.97 a year. And that gives people great value, as you said, because they've got great information But getting it out there is where they fall short. So joining a club like this could be very Mm. helpful to them. And it's not that getting it out there and, you know, you can get your own content out there, no problem. The challenge is getting other people to get your content out there to their tribes. What's better than you sharing your own content is someone else sharing yours, especially influencers. And we have a network of influencers who want to share other people's great content. The other thing about the Social Buzz Club is what if you don't have your own content? Well, we have a network of content that you can share, of high quality content that makes you, when you share it, you're seen as a resource. You're seen as a hero to your network for this information, number one. And number two, you're a hero to the influencer who created that content and gets get recognized by them. So it's a great place for new people to start giving that visibility to others and getting it at the same time. People often ask me about, well, what about competition? I said, on social media, it's co-opetition, okay? Because, and I don't believe in competition. A lot of people say that. What I believe is that when you're sharing somebody else's content, it just raises you up a level. If it's good quality content that you like, it shows you as someone who can discern good content, and offer that. And then it shows you as a giver. And influencers are givers. So if you want to grow your influence, if you want to grow your visibility, if you want to grow your tribe, be a giver. I see that as a forerunner to being seen as a thought leader. Am I correct in that? It's a forerunner and a mid-runner and a post-runner. It's like you always give first in networking. It's the first rule of networking for anyone to start developing influence and to maintain it as well. How about mistakes that you see people make on social media? What are some of the common ones that we can avoid? I get a lot of people coming to me at the 11th hour. And if I'm catching anyone at the 11th hour, it's okay. I'd like to invite you to start now. And it's never too soon to start. So starting too late could be a a mistake, but it's correctable. All mistakes are, you always learn. So I'd like to invite people to start as soon as possible. Another mistake is just asking people to buy the book. I would say offer the book, a chapter in the book for free. Offer some tips and advice that the book presents. Offer interviews with other similar thought leaders. So again, this is the way you give. 
I'm giving you how to give on social media and positioning yourself as a thought leader. Just the biggest mistake is to say, buy my book without any context. I am finding that so many people speak without context in today's communications, whether it's in a text message or in a social media message. Give people context. That's back to that craving. Make it relevant to them. I see a lot of experts in their field saying, I have this amazing technology that's going to align your body, mind, and soul. And I'm like, I am not sold. I don't understand what that means. I don't know why I need that. I don't trust you. It's like you're speaking another language, but they have this amazing technology or tool or technique or process that takes people through this very heart-centered approach that you're just going to love. But they're not saying why. (laughs) They're just saying how. It's going to align your soul at the very core and meridians. And they're using all kinds of great expert language, but it doesn't connect. So the biggest mistake is forgetting to connect at the level that the person's at. I think that is so critical. And as you said, making it relevant because we tend to rush into, as you say, buy this, buy that. I want to (laughs) sell it to you because I'm so excited about it. I spent so much time developing it. You need to buy it. Right. And you're going to love this and it's going to do great things for you because I am this amazing, you know, have this technique that's going to be so amazing. You know, it's like, yeah, but why is it so amazing? And why should I care? And why should I trust you? You have to develop that no like and trust factor, right? Even online, we do that offline. I mean, just think about it. If somebody were walk into a networking meeting, a chamber of commerce meeting, or even a social gathering with a stack of books and say, hey, would you like to buy my book? Would you like to buy my book? Would you like to buy my book? It's just weird. Don't be weird on social media. That could be another mistake, not being weird. <laughs> being weird is the mistake. It's like just making mistake. people uncomfortable because you're asking them to buy your book. It's A lot of thought leaders also say, don't ask them to marry you on the first date. It's a relationship building process on social media. I said that in the beginning, and that's what I mean is a mistake would be is to make an ask and a request of somebody to buy or offer this to buy without having built that relationship. Even when I do Facebook ad campaigns for clients, I always recommend doing what we call an awareness campaign first. Let them know who you are and what value you can add to their lives before selling them something. You have just opened Pandora's box. Before we run out of time, can you give us a few tips on Facebook advertising? When might be the right time to even consider doing this? When you have a budget, first of all. You can do micro campaigns once to help build your platform. There is an art and a science to it. I don't recommend a big budget in the beginning. If you don't know what you're doing, you could waste a lot of money on it. So my biggest tip is get someone who knows what they're doing to help you. Even I do that. I wouldn't even want to begin to give generic advice on Facebook ads. So yes, I did open Pandora's box there. But it's a good conversation for another time. And I think if our listeners want to know more to contact you. So yes, talking about that, Laura, how can our listeners contact you if they do want more information about your services? They can certainly go to transformtoday.com and click the contact us button. It sends an email directly to me. I'd love to give your listeners a gift. We talked a lot about the craving and how to find it. I have 
it takes you through a step-by-step way to think about it and how to start thinking about your brand. And it's a book called Find the Crave, How to Craft Messages that Magnetize Your Market. And you can get that at transformtoday.com slash crave book. That's my gift to all of your listeners. And if anybody's interested in Social Buzz Club, that's at socialbuzzclub.com where you can become a part of our tribe of influencers who amplify each other's content. Beautiful. I'm going to sign up for the Crave book. I know that. For the Social Media Buzz Club as well. This is wonderful. And Laura, if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be? Get started now. If you haven't done anything, get started now. Think about what you can give from the standpoint of what you can give. And if you can't think there, if you need help in what you can give, go listen. Go join a couple of Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups and start participating. This wisdom has been priceless. Thank you so much. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. 